Whoa. Wait a minute. Huh? Hold up. What? Oh, okay. Did we just lose the f***ing Canucks? You're listening to Halford and Bruff. it back in. Right wing, Hoaglander, long shot, tipped on goal, rebound, they score! Dakota Joshua! Some teams want to challenge us, we're ready to go. I mean, I feel like uh, there's a lot of pride in this room. That's the best team we play. They were fast, hard on park, they play well, they're structured. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. Good morning, Vancouver 601 on a Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. It is Halford. It is Bruff. It is Sportsnet 650. We are coming to you live from the Kintech Studios in beautiful Fairview Slopes in Vancouver. Jason, good morning. Good morning. A-Dog, good morning to you. Good morning. Laddie, good morning to you as well. Hello, hello. Halford and Bruff in the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are in hour one of the program. Hour one is brought to you by North Star Metal Recycling. Vancouver's premier metal recycler pays the highest prices on scrap metal. North Star Metal Recycling, they recycle, you get paid. Visit them at 1170 Powell Street in Vancouver. Did you uh, get a haircut under that Expo 86 hat? I did get a haircut. Yeah, I can see. I, no, Jason, I got them all cut. We told him to show it off and he refused. He was like, nope. Nope. He's ashamed of the cut. Oh, there we go. Hey, look at that. I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Was my hair that unkempt? Was I that that unruly? No, we're just proud of you. We're coming to you live from the Kintex studio. You went there all by yourself. No tears. None. That's not true. My mom was there. (laughs) You got a lollipop at the end. Kintech, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, powered by thousands of five-star Google reviews. So her feet, what are you waiting for? She made them cut it short. Also, Kintech. Kintech. They made him use a bowl. (laughs) How are you doing this morning, buddy? Yeah, fine. You fine. look like hell. <laughs> Do I? No, your hair looks good. It's good. Okay, good. Uh, we got a big show ahead on a Friday. As per usual, we got a lot to get into. Guest list begins at 6.30. Justin Bourne, Sportsnet NHL analyst, is going to join the program. 7 o'clock, AJ from AJ's Pizza is going to join us. We're going to give away a $100 gift card to his pizzeria for the best Ask Us Anything. 7.30, it's The Moj. The Moj wrote two articles and then forwarded both articles to us. He's like, here, here's my prep for the week. Go. In all, in all caps, to less. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, 8 o'clock, Rick Dollywall is going to join us from the Donnie and Dolly Show on Czech TV. We are giving away our last big football game prize pack today. That is a table for you and five friends, the reserve table, a $100 gift card, uh, and the chance to hobnob with Sportsnet 650 personalities for the big football game at the Clayton Public House on Sunday, February 11th. So here's how it's going to go. Best what we learned with a football emoji is going to get the big football game prize pack. Best ask us anything with a pizza emoji is going to get you the $100 gift card to AJ's. We're also going to do our playnow.com BCLC locks of the week. And as mentioned, it is Ask Us Anything Friday. We killed our picks last week. They weren't great. They weren't good. They weren't great. Hopefully people can understand the bit and the routine. Well, at least mine anyway. But if they don't, well, we should have a little disclaimer. Like, these only hit roughly 47% of the time. mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually did think Cleveland was going to beat Houston, though. It wasn't a bit. I thought Philly <laughs> I'm just was, bad at this. I thought Philly was going to beat uh, Tampa Bay. They did not. Uh, okay, so working in reverse on the guest list, 8 o'clock, it's Dolly Wall. 7.30, it's Moj. 7 o'clock, it's AJ from AJ's Pizza. 6.30, Justin Bourne, Sportsnet NHL analyst. That is what's happening on the program today. Laddie, let's tell everybody what happened. Hey, did you guys see the game last night? No. no. What happened? I missed all the action because I was... 
how busy your life can be. What What Happened is brought to you by the BC Construction Safety Alliance, making safety simpler by giving construction companies the best in tools, resources, and safety training. Visit them online at bccsa.ca. On Thursday night at Rogers Arena, the Vancouver Canucks became the first team in the NHL this season to hit 30 wins, 30 regulation wins nonetheless. Uh, A slim but good 2-1 victory over the Arizona Coyotes uh, on Thursday night. Yeah, it was a pretty feisty game from the outset with uh, oh Liam O'Brien running around after Sam Lafferty like a drunken lunatic until Nikita Zadorov took care of him. Uh, Liam O'Brien, do you think he has Irish roots? Who's to say? I think he might be Russian. I'm going to research, though. <laughs> well, he's not Russian anymore. He was feisty last Nikita night. Zadorov took care of him. Uh, PD opened the scoring with an absolute rocket of a shot on the power play after Sean Dursey was called for interference on Nils Hoaglander, but after dominating most of the first, the Canucks gave up the tying goal against the flow of play, and neither Philip Hronik nor Andre Kuzmenko looked all that great defensively on the goal. Probably not going to cost Hronik a spot in the lineup, but not great for Kuzmenko, who also had a giveaway in the second period and got stapled to the bench in the third, even on the power play. Kuzmenko committed the cardinal sin for a winger of letting the point man, Travis Dermott, sneak behind him on the play. Dermott has 15 goals in 307 NHL games, so you have to watch that guy. He's dangerous back there. Uh, Anyway, Dakota Joshua scored the winner in the second period, his 12th of the season, after he banged home his own rebound that was a really smart play, too, mm-hmm. because he stayed with the puck and he didn't just keep, keep skating past the net. Every kid's hockey coach was watching that play. It was like, that's why you stop on pucks. That's right. That's why you don't just shoot it and just keep gliding past the net. The puck might be there for you. Uh, now, if you just read the box score of the game, might might assume it was a boring, low-event game, but uh, despite the lack of shots and even scoring chances, I thought it was a pretty entertaining affair. It was pretty yep. intense, at least I thought so. Maybe I'm just feeling good after another win. I'm curious, uh, do we have any Rick Tockett audio? Because uh, was that Andre Tourigny, yeah, by the he, way? It was. I, I'd actually there. almost, Do we? I don't know if we have that full clip, but to hear the other head coach talk about the Vancouver Canucks might be interesting. They're a really good team. They're fast. They're 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 good. In the first period, uh, my feeling after the period that's the best team we played, and uh, they were fast, hard on puck. They play well. The structure. Uh, we uh, we got better during the game. Every shift, I think our guys worked extremely hard. We had good puck pressure. We defend really hard. If it was not the number of penalty we took, I think we played uh, rock solid than five on five. Fast and hard on pucks. How, how long have we been waiting for coaches to describe the Canucks like that? Fast on and hard on pucks. Good Rick in their Tockett, structure, too. Rick Tockett, after he heard that, he was like, thank you. He wiped it away his solitary tear. It has been a long struggle, but we are finally there. We are fast and hard on pucks. Mm-hmm. He also said, I don't know if it was in that clip. I couldn't hear all of it, but he also said that was the best team that we've played yeah. based on their first period this year, which is, a, I mean, again, go look at the standings. The reason I led with the 30-win plateau is because again the Canucks are the only team to get there it was January 18th if you want to go back to last year the Canucks didn't get their 30th win of the season until March 18th exactly two months later so it gives you an idea of with the regularity in which they are winning and you know Sat and Bick were talking about this because uh they were doing their out-of-town scoreboard look on the post-game show last night and noted that the Edmonton Oilers 
won their 12th game in a row last night. Now mm. the Edmonton Oilers uh, are tied with the old 67-68 Montreal Canadiens for the longest win streak by a Canadian team. You know how many points they've made up on the Canucks by winning 12 in a row? Like four, right? Five. <laughs> like the, the, it's been... Last night, it was one of those games where hardly an oil painting, but the team did enough to win, and in some instances, more than enough to win. I just never felt like they were going to lose. The guys in Toronto came up with a stat that the Canucks are the only team to not have a three-game losing streak this year. Yeah, they just they take care of business. And it's slowly, for me, getting to the point where it stopped becoming a complete shock. Mm-hmm. So last night, for example, I was like, yeah, Arizona's feisty, and they've got a couple guys that look like they might be able to pop one, but their goal basically came off a, a couple of errors from the Canucks. And outside of that, I'm like, they're not going to generate enough chances. And if they do... Demko's going to stop them in a one-goal game. Mm-hmm. I felt really confident that they were going to be able to secure that in regulation. God, I hope they pump the Leafs on Saturday. So that's pretty great, eh? I'm really looking forward to that because the Leafs got a pretty big win in Calgary last They got a night. gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. You want to go there right away? Why not? Well, it's the story of the game. Right? It would have been a tying goal. So it was funny because in the notes you talked about the Leafs got a lead last night in Calgary. They eventually won 4-3 and then didn't blow it. Well, they almost did mm-hmm. because there was a goal late. It was Connor Zary, right? And Connor Zary scores. And then you can see Keith kind of huddling over the tablet and then he pops his head up. And I don't know how anybody saw it, but there was a, you can't even call it a hand pass. It was like Blake Coleman reached for a puck mm-hmm. and it kind of deflected off his fingers right? and then kind of went a different direction. But it gave them an advantage, and then the puck got rimmed around. And that's reviewable. I didn't, I didn't know that was reviewable. I yeah, had pucks no out of play. Hand passes are yeah. all reviewable mm-hmm. now. Okay. So we got Bourne coming on the show at 6.30. I want to, like, who's the MVP up in the booth that saw that? Because I would have had no idea. No idea. <laughs> Give him the Marner contract. Yeah, no wow. kidding. Well, I know the MVP of the Leafs. It's Austin Matthews, who had a hat trick last night. He's... Um, Anyway, back to the Leafs game, though. Sorry, I cut you off there. Well, no. I mean, Austin Matthews is going to be the story of this Leafs game because if you can shut down Austin Matthews, you're probably going to beat the Leafs. But uh, shutting down Austin Matthews isn't so easy. That guy's uh, – was he on pace for? 70 goals this season? Like, yeah, he's he up to is, 34 now. He had a hat trick last night. Yeah, he, he just keeps scoring and scoring. So that is um, a pretty exciting thing for Canucks fans to look forward to a Saturday night game with the Canucks playing the way they are. Uh, against the Leafs team that is shaky. It's it's shaky, and I keep wondering if Bradshaw Living is going to do anything about it. Um, you know, watching Nikita Zadorov yesterday, his physical presence and his ability to just walk over to Liam O'Brien and shut that guy up, mm-hmm. you know, with some big bombs. That was a, tu- you, you a tune-up. Like Liam O'Brien got a tune-up. Did, did he hear us night. talking about trading him yesterday or something? Did he hear us? Did we? Did, yeah. Did he hear us like talking about? Well, maybe True Living is still interested in Zadorov, and you know, if the Canucks bring in another uh, defenseman, you know, who's the guy that sits, et cetera, et cetera. But um, yeah, that was great to see from Zadorov because Liam O'Brien was running around. And, and listen, I, I no hate for Liam O'Brien. He was just trying to get something going, right? I thought it was a bit much. 
Well, yeah, but but that's what that's what his role is. He's Liam O'Brien. He's know? Irish. Yeah, <laughs> he's Leo O'Brien. He's like, how would you describe your game? It's like it's a little bit much, but you know, like I, I like to stick up for my teammates and. Oh, it's how they fight He plays yeah. Irish style. Yeah, laugh. Yeah, God, okay, enough the Irish stuff. Yeah, the Irish defamation league on League One. <laughs> yeah, well, the big red hair probably didn't help him, but uh, you know, the Lafferty. I don't want to say took a run at another of his teammates, but he hit him and it was kind of, uh, I don't know, it was it was from behind and if I was on the Coyotes, I probably wouldn't have liked that hit, so he tried to make Lafferty pay for it. Now, ultimately, uh, he only gave the Canucks a power play. The Canucks didn't score on that power play, but they eventually scored on the power play, but it was nice physically to have someone like Nikita Zadorov that didn't it wasn't the guy that has to go up there and be like, okay, well, I guess I'm the designated well, fighter. I'm not going to win the fight, but I guess I'll drop my gloves and and I'll sacrifice for the team. He went in there and like beat Liam O'Brien up. He's like, my dad can beat your dad up, so your dad should shut up. Okay, so a couple things here. One, I feel like the bar for uh, having to respond to hits continuously gets lower and lower. Like the the hit that Lafferty threw and who was it Kesserling, the combination of Phil. Kessler. It is my biggest pet peeve in the NHL still. To this it was day. it was just it a run of the mill right after good hits. It was it's just like, a oh run of the mill hit. It, there was there was nothing about it. Like it was a good hit, but if that's the bar where you got to respond for it, yeah, he was in on the four check. I think people just respond now because it's a big hit, not because it's a dirty hit, but yeah, it's because you hit my guy and did I'm Kesserling gonna even fall you. down. Yeah, I don't even think he. I, I think he stayed on his feet. I, I I think Laddie's right. I mean, I think you just respond because it's your teammate, right? And you and you don't like it, and um, you know, you risk putting the other team on the power play is, is what happens, and yeah. that's exactly what happened. Um, yesterday, it all depends on probably what your coach wants you to do in that situation and what you feel is right. Um, I've gone back and forth on this, on my opinion. Like I used to think, like, well, it's a big hit. You shouldn't have to, you know, you shouldn't have to fight after that. But it's like the other team has a bias, right? Like, and it should have a bias. Yeah. It's like the other team is doing what's best for that team. And if that person feels that that's what's best for that team, then they're going to do what what they do. What Now, it is dependent on the referees to make sure they call that. Like, I actually thought they could have given Liam O'Brien more on that. I thought like, it was crazy. Like just a, a roughing penalty? He, 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 he whipped his gloves off and started firing at Lafferty's face. Like, at least give him the double minor. Well, Lafferty was basically on the bench. Yeah, right? You know, that that's probably what bothers me more than anything. Like, if the guy doesn't want to fight and he shouldn't be obligated and he shouldn't be called anything, if he doesn't want to fight, he might be just like, hey, I want to stay in the game. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, um, but, but you know, if that happens, if a guy drops his glove and the other guy doesn't and he, he's throwing, you know, ungloved punches at the other guy, you know, hammer him with the rule book. A two-minute minor isn't isn't really good enough. Um, I like that all the big fellas were fighting last night. Susie got in a scrap as well. A good, you know what I'll say? Michael Carcone's five foot nine. Like, good on him for taking on a guy that's what? Three feet taller than him, like that, that was great. It was good for him. The only guy, that, the only big, the only big fella that didn't fight last night was Tyler Myers, so that was a bit of a disappointment. But outside of that, uh, pretty good night by the Vancouver Canucks, except for Andre Kuzmenko. We have to have this conversation, people. We're not trying to pick the one negative on an otherwise positive night. That was fifteen minutes of positivity. That's not how Jason and I do it, but we got to talk about Kuzmenko because here's, I think, maybe the most illustrative point of this whole thing. Rick Tockett wasn't even asked about Kuzmenko getting benched in the third period yesterday in the post-game media availability. 
everybody there either knew, one, there was nothing more to say, or two, it wasn't even worth bringing up because there were so many other things to take away from that game. And what what was he going to say? Like, yeah, I benched him. I mean, it speaks for itself. You're talking about a game in mid-January where they're trying to nurse a one-goal lead against a very average team. And Talkett made the decision that the best way to secure the uh, two points was to not have Kuzmenko out there. Is this a fair question to ask? Was it a mistake to extend Kuzmenko before Rick Talkett got a real look at him? Because Kuzmenko, his extension was announced like four days after the Canucks fired Boudreaux and hired Talkett. Now... I was having a conversation with someone about this, and they said, listen, Tockett had been watching the Canucks for three or four weeks before mm-hmm. uh, he came on. Um, and obviously, when Kuzmenko signed with the Canucks, that, you know, part of the deal, really, I'm sure this is, you know, maybe not, I don't know if it's legal under the CBA, but part of the deal or the conversation was like, hey, are you, are you whispering right now? Yeah, like you sign with us. You got it. You can only sign this one year deal, but don't worry, you know, like you'll get your extension. And then because Benko scored, right? Yep. Like, so like that, because that, that extension was probably going to happen. It was just going to happen. But so maybe it's an unfair, maybe, you know what? I've just concluded it kind of is an unfair question. Wow, that was to mental ask. gymnastics you did there. Uh, but it's definitely an issue for the Canucks, right? If Tockett can't trust Kuzmenko against Arizona on, you know, a Thursday night in January, Mm -hmm. then what's going to happen in the playoffs? He's not going to play. And if Tockett doesn't trust him, then he's not going to play and he's not going to score. And if he's not going to score, I mean, they wouldn't even put him on the power play in the third period, right? He's he's, Suter got out there. He's going to be impossible to move. So they're stuck with them, it seems right now, unless they can sell a heck of a story to another team, uh, maybe throw in a sweetener. And this is just to get off the contract. Yep. Right? So... Um, well, someone just texted in, Mano and Chilliwack, um, wanted to know, ask us anything. Is Kuzmenko really giving you anything you couldn't get from Archdeep Baines? Wouldn't the best move be to trade Kuzmenko for a draft pick and bank the cap space? There is something to be said about... Uh, Occupying a roster spot, not on merit. If we're going to talk about a, an organization that wants to draft and develop and promote from within, then I think you would have a hard time saying right now that um, certain individuals deserve the 10 or 11 NHL minutes that they're getting on a nightly basis, yeah. right? And there's a guy down in the, in the American League, Archie uh, Baines, and everything anecdotal you hear about him is uh, everything the coaches have asked him to do, he's done. He's done it with a plum. He made the all-star game. He's their leading scorer. Like, here's a guy that's doing everything that his coach wants him to do. And there's a guy that is doing probably nothing that his coach wants him to do. Yeah, I don't know if Baines is going to be able to replace what just conceptually, gives, Just but, conceptually. But I'd right? like to give it a try because, you know, if 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 this is Kuzmenko, right? And I think it is. I think I think Kuzmenko has tried to do what Talkett wants, but it's just not it hasn't become instinct for Kuzmenko, and now I think his confidence is completely shot, even offensively. There was a, there was a Canucks power play. Uh, I think it was in the third period, but I can't remember exactly, um, where 
because Michael didn't even get past the puck. Like he wasn't part of it. It was the four <laughs> other guys that were like all. And because Michael's like, I'm a, I'm over here, guys. Yeah. Can and and you you know it just. You know, I'm not saying that the Canucks were intentionally not passing it to him out yeah, there, yeah, yeah. but it just like he wasn't even involved on on the power play, right? Like he wasn't he wasn't doing anything last night. And, you know, I, I don't know if the power play is even much worse without him on it. Um to me though, what the Canucks need to do is add another forward at the trade deadline. But the question is how do you create the cap space to bring that forward in? Well, someone just texted in unsigned, so it must be from Gary. Uh, Kuzmenko won't be impossible to move if the Canucks take an L on the trade. There is that uh, aspect to it. There is that context and that complexity that if you go in knowing that this is a loser deal for you, and by that I mean you know you're going to lose the trade. Well, what is that, adding a sweetener? Because giving yeah. him away for free, if he was put on waivers, how do you think he'd get picked up on waivers? Mm, Alvin's just like, me- mess me up. What do you huh? got? Not at that price ticket. I don't it's think. hard for any team to add that without bad team. He's signed for next year. Bad team might want to. Yeah, but they're they, oh again, Chicago. If it's a well, you want to be the best player in Chicago right now. If it's a bad team, they're going to be like, we're not taking them on for free. Like if you guys need to get rid of them, you're going to have to give us something, right? Mm-hmm. So have you like Chicago's coming in soon next week into Rogers Arena? They cannot score. Chicago has 11 goals in their last nine games. Who's Mako for, for Dickinson? One for one. <laughs> That's uh, all-star Jason Dickinson. That's their guy. That's the face yeah. of the franchise besides yeah. Connor Bedard right now. And Connor Bedard's out, and his face is all broken. Yeah, it's not looking good these days. He has uh, Dickinson has 14 goals. That is actually half of the goals that the Chicago Blackhawks but like, scored this year. But the thing with, you know, people will scream asset management um, about if you gave away Kuzmenko for free, let's say, or even threw in a, threw in a sweetener. But this is people, – people need to wrap their heads around it, right? This is different this year. The Canucks are – they're contenders. Yeah. Really, the way they're playing. And, 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 and sometimes you need to do some short-term things that maybe do hurt you in the future um, in order to give this team its best chance heading into the playoffs. Like, I, 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 I laugh all the time when I hear people reply, you know, we suggest a move and um, people go like, that's what Jim Benning would do. It's like Jim Benning was never in this position. <laughs> He was he was never in this position right. where he had a team like this that was heading into the playoffs and they're a really good team. Don't get me wrong, they're mm-hmm. a really good team, but there are no perfect teams out there. And you know, Patrick Alvin said so. He's like, the guys, um, you know, I feel like I need to be aggressive at the deadline because the guy, the guys deserve it. They've they've earned this right. And man. If he can make something happen where Kuzmenko is on another team or not part of it and his cap hit is gone and that cap hit, imagine that cap hit being used to bring in a quality player that deserves that cap hit. You had another player like a like a hard-nosed winger or a versatile center that can go to the wing and then you add that to you know, align with Suter and Mikheyev or or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. like who knows if the lotto line's gonna be together. You had another player like that, man, come on, guys. Like let this is the way we've got to be thinking right now. I'm not saying trade Lecker Amaki or trade Willander, but you know, look even the first round draft pick, we've also got to change our minds about change our mindsets about what that first round pick is. It ain't a top ten pick. 
Yeah. <laughs> Look at where the Canucks are in the standings, oh, right? Good. Like it's picks it, to be in the high twenty. It's high all it's almost a second round pick. So so get that out of your mind as well. I realize that the Canucks still have issues in in their prospect group, right? I understand that, but they're a good team. They are a good team right now. And there are certain things that you have to do sometimes, and it's been a long time in this market, which we can and we can't we can't sometimes remember. We can't wrap our heads around it. But this is a different situation for the Canucks now. Okay, uh, here's what's going to happen: we're going to go to break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to preview tomorrow's big game against the Toronto Maple Leafs, four o'clock, Rogers Arena. Justin Bourne, our good buddy and Sportsnet NHL analyst is going to join us. That's going to be on the other side. Two things before we go to break. One, uh, I need to remind you about the big football game and tell you a little bit more about the Clayton Public House. Pre-game to post-game, the Clayton Public House is your home of football. Catch all the action on 15 screens and two giant projectors. Visit them online at theclaytonpub.com. If you visit them online, you can try and reserve a seat or seats, plural, for the big football game hosted by Sportsnet 650 on Sunday, February 11th. I'm not done yet. Before we go to break, I also need to tell you about JanPro, the leaders in commercial cleaning and janitorial. If your workplace demands a clean environment, contact JanPro for a free, no obligation quote. Visit them online at janpro.ca. You're listening to the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Everything Canucks before and after the games. Canucks Central with Dan Riccio and Satyar Shah. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Forgot it was Fiesta Friday. There's so many things going on today. You are listening to the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Halford and Bruff in the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. We are in hour one of the program. Hour one is brought to you by North Star Metal Recycling. Vancouver's premier metal recycler pays the highest prices on scrap metal. North Star Metal Recycling. They recycle, you get paid. Visit them. 1170 Powell Street in Vancouver. Sounds like another snow day for some kids. But back to school for others. Uh, if you go to City News Van um, on X or Twitter, uh, Abbotsford Chilliwack Mission Schools closed Friday. Schools in Langley are also closed Friday. But uh, the Vancouver School Board tweeted out thanks to all the workers that allowed those schools to be open. So be sure to check with your school district before you find out whether schools are open or closed. Burnaby School is also open. That's so good. Get back to school, for God's sake, and let me nap. Uh, let's go to the phone lines now. We are joined by our next guest. Always great to have him on the show. Uh, Sportsnet NHL analyst and our good buddy Justin Bourne here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Morning, Justin. How are you, bud? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Did you guys say you have Fiesta Friday? Is that what you said? Yeah, we do. We have Big Band on Tuesdays. We have Fiesta Music on Fridays. 
<laughs> any sort of lame shtick or bit that you can milk will do it. Let me tell you. So yeah, you can tell by my voice I'm not really like enthused by. It. It's like oh, it's Fiesta Friday. You're not wearing a Hawaiian shirt. You yeah, bought in. Hey, look, I'm wearing a sombrero. Yeah, no, I didn't. Yeah. You're gonna listen to Fiesta music and you're gonna enjoy it. Yeah, his voice is his voice is still recovering from last Friday's Fiesta. So that's right. He went yeah, pretty crazy with that. Course. Born, tell us about this Toronto Maple Leafs team that's uh, coming into Vancouver. On Saturday, uh, how many regulation wins? Are they up to 14? 14 regulation yeah. wins or something like that? Ooh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a big number. The Canucks have like 30. No, yeah, exactly half the amount of the Canucks. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, if they're not that good, uh, start there. Um, but they still have some really good players. So, honestly, they're like a league average team that has like three really good hockey players. Uh, you, you know, I think the Canucks have been through that at times in their own uh, process where you're like, hey, we got some good guys. We should be better than this. That seems to be what's going on in Toronto by and large. It's just tough to look at them and, and you know, give you a synopsis that's like they're awful or they're great because they're neither of those things. Some nights Austin Matthews will score a hat trick and you'll win. Some nights the stars won't be at their very best and the other team has a pretty good chance. And that's kind of how it's gone so far for half a season. Does it always seem to you like uh, Sheldon Keefe is pleading with his players to, you know, play the style of game that allows him to trust them? Yeah, but, you know, it's so funny because you can say whatever you want to players about how you're supposed to play and, hey, we really need you to do this. And that's fine. They might do it. They might not. But, like, he has never at any point over his tenure wielded the hammer, right? Like, in terms of carrot or stick uh, motivation, he's been a massive carrot guy. We've got a bunch of bunny rabbits on the Toronto Maple Leafs. No <laughs> stick. And so you can't become the stick guy. So you, you can't. Like, they know you're the carrot guy. You can't suddenly start picking a kid and hitting him with the stick. You know, so it's, it's, he's in a tough spot when they're not responding to playing the way he wants them to no one buys that suddenly he's going to become, if I may, Rick Tockett. Right. What is Brad Living going to do about all this? Nothing. <laughs> I think precisely nothing. Um, you know, he's already made some comments to the effect of, you know, I don't believe you can remake your team at the deadline, which might be a fair thing to say had the Toronto Maple Leafs not inserted seven new players at the deadline last year, six of which were regularly in the lineup in the postseason. So, you know, that doesn't exactly, you know, hold water. But the he's already saying that he just likes to kind of do tweaks to the deadline. And I think that comes from the assessment of this team where you say they don't have a ton of assets – do you want to spend assets then to become, to go from being the 11th best team in the league to the seventh best? You know, like, yes, it's a year anyone can win, but if you're tree living, honestly assessing your team, you have to be a little hesitant about, you know, spending a first or one of the team's prospects. So what does the long-term plan look like in Toronto? Like, you know, they, I mean, they had a number of, they had a run of really good, regular seasons and I mean they finally won a playoff series last year but it's almost like you look back on that time and they're like they had their chance and they just didn't get it done and now you look at yeah they've signed Nylander uh, locked him up long term they got a, uh, a few more good years of Austin Matthews who's still playing unbelievable but then you know you look at the future of Mitch Marner 
one more year before he's UFA. And John Tavares, he's got one more year of before he's UFA. They don't have a ton of young players in the system that are banging the door down to become the next star. So, like, where do they go from here? You know, unfortunately for uh, our Vancouver listenership right now, it's not that dire for Toronto. You know, like it's not to Aww. me. It doesn't. I know it does. It doesn't look like they missed the window and now it's over. Like, um, you know, after this season, you're on the last year of the Tavares deal. Um, you know, that's eleven million dollars that comes off the books. Matthews and Nylander are elite players, like elite, elite, like uh, Matthews is, they're both top 10 in points right now. Matthews is the best goal scorer in the league. Um, you know, Marner is probably a guy that they're going to resign. Maybe, you know, maybe they don't, but if they do you know, trade him, I, I imagine that would fetch quite the return, um, you know, presumably to help them as well. But assuming it's Marner as well, he's a, he's top 15 in points right now. So you're still going to have those guys. Tavares money comes off the books. Bertuzzi's 5.5, Brody's 5. Like some guys that haven't been very good for them, that money is freed up. So all of a sudden you're a team with three elite players and a bunch of cap space. You know, Easton Cowan and Fraser Minton, they held to be in wall. Like they have some young guys. So it's, they're not going to turn into a pumpkin. They're, they should mm-hmm. stay competitive by, you know, barring, you know, something drastic happening like trading Marner and having it go horribly wrong or extending Tavares at a big number or something. We're speaking to Justin Bourne, Sportsnet NHL analyst here on the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Uh, Justin, so the big quote that got Sheldon Keefe kind of splashed around the news was after the four-game losing streak, which they snapped last night, uh, he came out and said, like, I'm still trying to figure out who's going to go out and get the job done for me. And that was an answer to a question about who's going to be able to go out and protect the lead or secure a victory and everything. When Sheldon Keefe openly asked, uh, who's going to go out and get the job done for me, who is he challenging the most at that moment? You know, I, I think that's a really great question. You know, I think you had the last few years where TJ Brody was like their number one lockdown sh- you know, guy. You know, you could just kind of count on him to do his job. He is one of the worst D-men in the NHL this year at <laughs> protecting D-zone entries, yeah. at breaking the puck out. Like, statistically, he is. Not just by eye test. He gets roasted on a nightly basis right now. So I see some challenging there. And then I think it's a guy like Tyler Bertuzzi who really hasn't lived up to his contract. That second line, it's just, what's a guy like Nylander going to be? It, you know, I think there's a lot of guys that that would be directed towards but also, let's just say it's not really directed to someone in particular. And he's going, I don't know who to put over the boards. Like, I'm telling you guys, after the top players on this team, they are a, you know, they're, I think, at a 45% expected goals rate when those guys aren't on the ice. Like, it, it, you're not sure who can go out to get them to the next Matthews, Marner, Nylander shift. So they're in a tough spot that way. You know, I know the Leafs have cap space and cap space is very valuable in the NHL, but how is Treliving going to go and rebuild this blue line? Because we saw this yeah. coming into the season, like the blue line needs to be rebuilt. And, and I think that wasn't a hot take. It was an obvious take. And mm-hmm. I imagine that's still the question we know in Vancouver that <laughs> It doesn't happen easily, and you know no, it really helps like, when you have a Quinn Hughes. That? What's that? Yeah, but you—I mean, what a job they did in Vancouver! Mm-hmm. Like the Hronik trade, you know, happens at a time where everyone's going, "Why are they getting him?" But you know, he's a young guy, and um, at the time, and, and becomes such a valuable piece. 
Carson Soucy's a really nice find for them. Like they, you know, even Zadorov, I know he can be an adventure and all that, but like he's better than, you know, most of the guys at your third pair. So it's, it's not impossible. It just, it does take being proactive a little bit. You know, look, look at what the lightning have tried in terms of trying to fit under the salary cap and still get young players. They got Brandon Hagel for 1.5 million at a time, you know, when they just needed someone cheap and they paid out the nose for it, but they believed that he was going to help them for years and he has. So, you know, I, it does take a little bit of creativity and I don't think that means look at the pending UFA list. Who's the best defensive defenseman, Chris Tanev. Okay. We're, we're going to get Chris Tanev. I think it involves looking around the league a little bit and finding some guys who aren't in, in you know, in positions where they're going to be able to have long-term success. I just don't think you can sign the next, you know, UFA guy and fix it. Who's going to, if, if one team has to miss Toronto or Tampa Bay, who's going to miss the playoffs? Well, I, I still think it'd probably be Tampa. That team has, has real warts uh, this season. That, uh, that decor of theirs is not a lot better than what the Leafs have going on. And, you know, some of their numbers, like Stamkos having a decent statistical year or whatever, he's minus 20. <laughs> you know, like They're not having a good time at keeping the puck out of their own net. So I still think the Leafs are going to figure it out. It's never as dark as it seems when things are going poorly. I still think they're going to figure it out in the sense that they'll get in and lose in the first round, you know, like they do. <laughs> but I don't think they're, they're going to full-on miss the playoffs. Who's the best team in the East? <laughs> you know, Florida, Florida, Florida. Yeah. yeah, that's a good pick. You know, like, you know, someone like Carolina or Jersey, they just haven't got the goaltending to tell. Mm-hmm. Like if those teams are really competitive, the Rangers, I think they're kind of a one way offensive team by and large, um, even with some good defenders. But yeah, the Florida Panthers are just really making mincemeat of teams the way they're mean and forecheck and score. And it's, uh, you know, Bobrovsky's having a revival. So he, he's the best bet there. Let me ask you, are the Canucks the best team in the West? Um, hmm. It's still hard. I, I, no, I think Vegas at full strength are, are, are still Yeah, Vegas is really hurt, right? right? Yeah, they're really yeah. banged up. I mean, yeah. and, 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 and look, the Canucks, the Canucks haven't done that thing where they go to the playoffs and learn lessons. We don't, we don't even know what lessons they need <laughs> yeah. to learn. Um, right. Now, maybe they're, they they're going to be like one of the biggest anomalies in NHL history, and they'll go from being a complete disaster in almost every facet of the being into, you know, the bringing the new head coach and, you know, make some serious changes and really commit to it. And then they go to the playoffs and they win the cup. Like who knows? Like mm-hmm. sports is just com- completely unpredictable sometimes, but I still think we've got a long way to go before, you know, Canucks fans are still trying to wrap their heads around the trade deadline and being buyers instead of sellers right now. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, you know, we, we haven't even gone into a series and, 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 and wondered, okay, well, what is the thing that's going to hold the, the Canucks back from taking the next step the following year in the playoffs? Mm-hmm. You know, there's a long way to go, Bourne. Yeah, it is funny because you look at even a team like Vegas who wins early in their, uh, you know, existence, but they did go to the cup final. Uh, you know, prior to that and have a little taste and get that sense of, of the deep playoff runs. And you, know, you don't really know how some of your guys are, are going to respond. Uh, it's, it, it's funny though, having covered the, the Leafs for, for years, sometimes it just seems easy for teams. Like the Leafs mm-hmm. are not one of those teams, but sometimes things just click and the, the Canucks seem to be having one of those seasons. I was asked who I would pick 
between the Canucks and the Oilers in a playoff series the other day. Yeah. The Oilers, to me, might be the best team in the NHL. But I sat and thought about it, and I just can't pick Stu Skinner over Thatcher Demko. So I do have the Canucks up there. Yeah, the the Oilers matchup would be fascinating because so good. We all know. I mean, the Oilers have learned the have, well. They've been taught those lessons in the playoffs. We don't know for sure that they've actually learned those lessons right. in the playoffs. You know, I thought there was a time last year I was like the Oilers are going to win the cup, and then all of a sudden they are out against Vegas because they made a couple little mistakes that you know good playoff teams don't. And then you know I think they were shocked. That they lost to yeah. Vegas, you know, and the, and then they, you know, then they came into this season. And they were like, oh, it's cup or bust, and they're like, oh, wait a minute, we probably said that too early, and and, and, <laughs> had, and, had, games. and yeah. had some struggles. But you know, when you look at the Canucks, I think the strength of the Canucks is you you have the, at the key positions, you love all the players, right? Yeah. Down the middle, you love Pedersen and and Miller, uh, although they're playing on the same line right now. Um, on the back end, you love their first pair with Quinn Hughes and Philip Peronek. And in goal, you love Thatcher Demko. There aren't many other teams that you can say, okay, down the middle of the top spots, number one defenseman, number one goalie, they have it all, and they're all playing well. That's what the Canucks have going for them. And it's funny because they've had that for a while now, right? Mm-hmm. It's just the, 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 the teaching of the structure from the coaching staff, teaching them how to defend, teaching them how to manage games, but more importantly, getting in those complementary pieces, those support pieces. Like none of us predicted, like, you know what the Canucks need? They need a line with Teddy Bluger, Connor Garland, and Dakota Joshua. But that <laughs> yeah, line never know has works. been one of the most important developments for the Canucks this season. And getting back to the Leafs, like it sounds like. Sheldon Keefe is still looking for those support players down the lineup that can help the guys at the top of the lineup. Well, you know, the the Leafs get stuck in this thing where, like, you've committed to Max Domi, you know, $3 million, and he can, can make some plays and get some points. So you're trying to find a spot where he fits, but it's like he's not good enough to play on their, in their top six, like he's not an elite offensive guy who's going to be on the power play. And he's definitely not good enough to be on a shutdown line. So he's always kind of going to exist on this sort of third line that's a bit purposeless. And, you know, like they, there's something to be said for having, a, you know, pegs that fit in holes by shape. And uh, the, the Leafs are still sort of struggling to find that. Whereas when you get a guy like Dakota Joshua, he's happy to play that role and he plays it well. Teddy Bluger, you know, he's done that his whole career. He's been a valuable bottom six guy. Like it's these guys fit that spot on the roster. And I think the Leafs right now struggle with that a little bit with finding the guys who, who are the right fit. By the way, does uh, not to interview you guys while I'm on the show, but like does Bruce Boudreaux come off looking worse, or is it Matt? Is it really the roster changes that have made the huge difference? No, he comes off looking worse. Yeah, he didn't. He okay. didn't. You know, structure wise, coaching wise, X's and O's wise, he didn't do a very good job. Yeah, no, nope, that's fair. It's uh, you know, just looking at that Canucks team. I remember being on the show with you guys last year, be like, they're not that bad, and everyone being like, shut up, they keep losing. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were a bad team last year. Like a lot of it yeah. is just like so cliche, you know, like. You gotta um, you gotta buy into a system. Well, first of all, you have to have a system, and yeah, everyone needs helpful. to understand. I mean, Rick Tockett should be the coach of the year. 
what he's done. I, I yeah. understand that Rick Bonus is going to make a real strong case, and there's a couple others, but Rick Tockett should be the coach of the year. Bourne, you should have seen it last year, what Tockett had to do during I think I've told you this before, but <laughs> walking through, walking them play? through, walking them through, there was like, they, they would set up and, you know, they would have, you know, an offensive team and a defensive team. And the offensive team would pass the puck from the sideboards to the point, And then talk, it would blow his whistle and be like, is everyone in the right position? <laughs> okay. Pass it oh. to the other defenseman now. He'd blow his whistle and he'd be like, is everyone in the right position? Like, he had a lot of coaching to do with this team. And now, in less than a year, they are like, they take a lead into the third period and they've only lost once all season. It's, yeah. it's, I, it, it is the most shocking thing, shocking turnaround I've ever seen with this Canucks team. And I don't know, maybe in the NHL, just how they seem to have changed their DNA overnight. Yeah. And you're, it's so funny that you're talking about like adjusting to what the Canucks are. Cause typically we're not, and I say we as in sports media, and people are going to laugh at this because they think we're all a bunch of idiots. We're not that far off each year on our predictions for teams. Like it's rare that there's a team that is 30 points different in the standings from where people saw them. Um, you know, the Canucks might be the rare case where people go playoff team, non-playoff team. Yeah. Maybe I got them as a wild card team. And like they're, they could be a president's trophy team, you know? So it is, it's crazy, man. It, it's crazy. It, it's hard to talk about them without going, but maybe all that other stuff we thought preseason, maybe there was something there too, but it's tough to see it in practice. And, uh, you know, all the numbers confirm that it's legitimate and all that. It's it's tough to think they're not. This this is who they are, I think. Boren, this was great, man. Thanks a lot for taking the time to do it. We really appreciate it. Enjoy the game tomorrow night. Should be a good one. Uh, we'll do this again soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks for coming Somebody. out. We appreciate it. Justin Bourne, uh, Sportsnet NHL analyst here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. While you were interviewing Bourne and Bourne was interviewing you, I happened to stumble upon <clears throat> a report about the Seahawks head coaching vacancy, Jason. Today they are going to interview Raheem Morris, former head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, former interim head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, most recently the defensive coordinator with division rivals the Los Angeles Rams. Ooh. Um. Should we do some Ask Us Anythings? Yeah. Do you have any Ask Us Anythings in flagged? Let me reset real quick here. Um, ask Us Anything today. If you put a pizza emoji into your Ask Us Anything, you will be entered into the grand prize contest to win a $100 gift card to AJ's Pizzeria on East Broadway. Uh, if you do a what we learned with a football emoji, you'll be entered into the contest, not a grand prize draw, but a contest, for a uh, big football game prize pack. Courtesy of Sportsnet 650, it's a table for you and five friends reserved at our big football game party on Sunday, February 11th, and a $100 gift card to the Clayton Public House. So just to reset, hashtag it WWL and put a football emoji in, hashtag it AUA and put a pizza emoji in. What do we got? Oh, I thought you had some. No? Nothing? Okay. Uh, Colin into awesome. When it snows, do you shovel the driveway or do you just wait for the rain to come and wash it away? You got to shovel. You have to shovel. Yeah. You got to go out there and, you, you know, I, I took it to the extremes this year. I was out there throwing salt on the road. Oh. 
Like, like not even, uh, and obviously on my, on my neighbor's sidewalk, but I was out there on the road. Because remember when it first started, it was so slippery in the mm-hmm. side streets. I went out there and did the city's job, basically. Like, you got to help out. If you're in a um, if you're in a neighborhood that either has high foot traffic or is extremely um, residential, where there's people like in and out all the time, then you have to do it. The worst thing you can be is the one person that has not cleared off anything, mm-hmm. driveway, walk, whatever. It just stands out like a sore thumb. Can I do a public service announcement too? As, yes, Greg. Uh, as an as an Ontarian, uh, I saw a number of people shoveling their walkways and driveways and shoveling it right into the middle of the street. That's not how it works. You're not supposed to put the snow in the street. I know the cars will drive over them, but that's just pile it onto your lawn. That's, that's the proper way to do it. Mark in White Rock. <laughs> oh, my God. Watching the end of the Bruins' abs game last night, Jack Edwards made a comment about how the Bruins were now first overall but could be passed again by Vancouver later that evening. Mm-hmm. It got me thinking. After all the pain and suffering we've endured regarding how 2011 ended, could it be possible that the hockey gods are setting things up for a Bruins-Canucks final rematch. Oh, boy. I tried I've to, been thinking this as well. I tried to jump in when you asked Bourne who's the best team in the East, and he listed literally every team except Boston. Because you look at the standings right now, there's the Vancouver Canucks with 64 points, first team to 30 wins, right behind them in the NHL standings at number two overall, the Boston Bruins. And I watched a bit of that game last night because that was against the number four team in the NHL, the Colorado Avalanche. Mm-hmm. Like That was a marquee matchup. And Boston clamped it down in the third. Yes, but boys, could you imagine? They play the Bruins in the final. Is our 2011 <laughs> reference of the day. And the then way. lose again. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> like, that would be even worse. See, I still look at the Bruins, and I and I, I, I just don't know how they're doing it with those guys. But they're doing crazy. it. But they're doing it. Yeah. yeah. But Apparently Bergeron's coming back, so look out. Is that That's the rumor that's going around, he, He's right? texted every beat reporter in Boston saying, I am not returning. <laughs> but that's Please what quell a, but this But that's rumor. what a guy yeah. who's coming back would say. <laughs> they call it. Secretly. Yeah, I th- I, that, that feels like... I wonder like, if they're going to make some moves at the deadline. Would they bring in a, some Yeah, some Bergeron. Horse? Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, right? I thought it was weird when he retired. Because it seemed like it was such a disappointment and they left so much on the table with that team. But I understood that the grind of 82 games was getting to him and he mm-hmm. was getting older and everything else. But it just seemed like that was the worst possible way to go out with this amazing regular season team that got bounced in round one. Have uh, This is from Steve in the Oil Patch. Have the Canucks ever played the Oilers in a playoff series? Uh, the only time I remember was in the 80s. They played a best of five. Do you remember I told you this mm-hmm. story? And game three was at the Pacific Coliseum. And after the Oilers had smoked the Canucks in games one and two, like 7,000 people showed up for game three at the Pacific Coliseum and it was over real quick. That's the only time I can remember the Canucks and the Oilers. 86 and 92. Oh, 92, right. Early 90s, right. Okay, I remember that. Yeah, uh, The 86 one, the Canucks basically had a participation ribbon for the playoffs. Yeah, that was, like, thanks that for was coming. the one. Yeah, yeah. Like, please. What happened away. in 92? They, um, they beat them, didn't they? They did. Yeah, was that yeah, a first round them, series? Beat them four games to two. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, you're listening to the Halford and Bruff show on Sportsnet 650. We're going to talk to AJ coming up next, and then we can dip into the Dunbar Lumber text line again and send some Ask Us or read some Ask Us Anythings. You're listening to the Halford and Bruff show on Sportsnet 650.